Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Good morning. I'm so happy today to have you with me. I'm going to be talking about five ideas for hosting family at the holidays. And unless your head has been um, in the clouds or in the ground, you know that the holidays are right here. This, uh, Some of these ideas were first related on the Joyful Life Magazine blog, which I can direct you to because the blog is still up at Joyful Life Magazine in last year, in November, uh, probably November 2021. And uh, so I'm just going to tell you a few things that I shared there as well as some other ideas just to, you know, just to help us relax because uh, holidays can be stressful for all sorts of reasons. You could probably tell me even more reasons than I could tell you as to why uh, why uh, the holidays can be stressful. Mainly it's because it's, it has to do with having people around. And people, as wonderful as people are, can be um, stress-inducing, I guess I would say that. Uh, one year I gave Thanksgiving cards out to people that had a darling um, family picture on the front, uh, old painting, and it said something about happiness is having a, a loving, warm, close-knit family living in another state, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious, but I'm not sure everyone understood the joke. Uh, but let's say you just got word and everyone is coming to your house for the holidays. Uh, maybe that's exciting to you. Maybe that gives you hives. I'm not sure. Over the river and through the woods sounds good on Spotify, but the reality is that even though you love the holidays and you do love your family, and maybe even if they're in the same town, but combining both under the same roof, your roof, seems much more a challenge than a joy. I like the idea of family gatherings. I also like the idea of snow. It sounds pretty and romantic but it can be messy, maybe uncomfortable, and snow, like family, can complicate matters. God calls us to love people, but people aren't perfect, including ourselves, as you well know. The holidays can bring our imperfections to the surface quicker than you can call the Martha Stewart hotline. As I thought about that, I wondered, is there a Martha Stewart hotline? While humming along with the best of buble, your thoughts of sugar plums get interrupted by recalling the last time your family descended in droves. Uncle Otto from Ottawa brought his dog, Snap, who lived up to his name and bit your grandniece, Olive, from Ontario. Even my favorite family members can test my patience at that time of year when everything is supposed to be merry and bright, but doesn't always live up to a Hallmark movie. Combining the seeming endless preparations for the holidays, along with hosting relatives you haven't seen for over a year, 
You imagine yourself standing like a deer, frozen as the 24-pound turkey you forgot to defrost the last time you hosted, staring into the headlights of all those extra cars piling down your drive. You suddenly begin planning your backdoor escape, which includes ordering three lasagnas and a pumpkin cheesecake from the local grocery while you check into Motel 6 and wait out the melee. Not that ordering lasagna and cheesecake is a bad idea. It can be a great idea, as long as people expect that this year we might be doing things a little differently. Managing expectations is half the battle, you know that. Taking advantage of these five tips is the other half, so listen carefully. Opening your home to those closest and dearest to you is a labor of love, if we can just keep that bottom line thought in our mind all the time. Here are five ideas to help you host with less stress and more joy as you welcome your family this holiday season. And if by chance and by joy and by Jove, it is not your turn to host and never will be because you live in a uh, one bedroom condo and no one really wants to come to your house and you're so grateful, perhaps you can send this podcast to them to encourage them and tell them that you're gonna help. Number one tip, make a plan. Better yet, make your daughter set up a spreadsheet. A running list works just as well. I like to use pen and paper. Our eldest daughter announced she was bringing 20 friends home over a holiday weekend one year. Her spreadsheet included individual arrivals and departures because some of the kids, they weren't really kids, they were late 20s, early 30s, some were arriving on a Friday night and leaving late Saturday afternoon, and some were arriving Saturday night and not leaving till Monday morning. Her spreadsheet uh, included the arrivals and departures, who could bring blow-up beds, how many home-cooked meals were expected. She updated as plans change because you know that plans change. And I knew exactly when I needed to be on hand to make chocolate chip pancakes and pasta for a crowd. It really helped to have that spreadsheet. Now, you may not need a hosting planner, though I do sell one. It's pretty good. Um, it's called uh, Hospitality Made Simple, and it's on my shop, $24.99. Uh, anyway, that's a great digital planner, but you may not need a whole planner, but you do need a planning system. If only using paper and pencil with an eraser, that's key, eraser. I like to write an overall plan and then create separate pages for the various days, activities, and meals, especially if relatives, bless their hearts, start arriving the Monday before Thanksgiving. So by the time the big meal arrives, you're exhausted. Uh, that's happened to me more than once. Uh, if I know that cousin Madge is bringing her famous banana bread, I can list it for Tuesday afternoon coffee or Wednesday breakfast and just add need a protein on the side. Those things help me because I go, well, I know how to make banana bread too, but the fact that she offered to bring it will save me some time and money. Categories on your list or spreadsheet may include these, arrivals slash departures, food preferences or allergies, sleeping accommodations, meal planning, what things you can do in advance, and volunteers needed. You know, people like to help for the most part. And for an uncle or a sister to do one or two jobs, quote unquote, may not be a big deal to them at all. It might make them feel included, but it can make your workload a hundred times lighter. 
Send out an email, perhaps, asking for volunteers for things like pick up Aunt Susie from the train station on Monday at 8 p.m. Somebody would be happy to get out of the house at that time. Set up croquet set Saturday afternoon. Take kids to the park to feed the geese. Carve the turkey. Plate the pies. Lead a hymn. Your subject line could read volunteers needed or chore sheet for adults. Provide stickers or lollipops for a job well done when completed. The little ones will love seeing all hands on deck. And you can sleep easier, honestly. I stay awake because of all the things that need to be done. But I can sleep easier and so can you, knowing that you haven't forgotten important details like defrosting that 24-pound turkey because it was on the list and someone's job was to check that it was. However you approach your holiday hospitality, keep God at the center of your planning. Now, maybe that sounds obvious, but we can forget him when in all the hullabaloo. When I surrender each day and every list to him, I can be confident of his help when I surrender each day and situation. Proverbs 6, 3 should be memorized right now as you prepare. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. God is the author of peace and grace. And I want to welcome others into a peaceful and gracious home. And I know you do too. Whether or not you consider yourself a planner or someone who shoots from the hip, more spontaneous, keeping track of details in a way that suits your style is the heavy lifting of hosting. I should put that on a banner. And you'll approach your hospitality with ease, even joy. Let me repeat that. Whether or not you consider yourself a planner or someone more spontaneous, when you keep track of details in a way that suits your style, that's the heavy lifting of hosting. Honestly, it really is. And you'll approach your hospitality with ease, even joy. I'm going to highlight that. Second tip, make boundaries. Your boundaries may include that a dog named Snap best stay home or visit a doggy daycare. At the risk of hurt feelings, present your concerns in advance. That's called creating boundaries as well as your limitations, and then ask for input. Making boundaries with family sounds difficult unless you look at it as being kind to yourself, which leads to being kind to others. And I don't mean being selfish. I just mean being practical with what you can handle. Ask for help. A simple request is rarely ignored, like who will run the Christmas Day touch football game? Who can make breakfast Thanksgiving morning? Who can create a craft for the little ones while waiting for dinner? Most people offer to help. Say yes to the offer and you'll double the blessing. My sister Lori said that she keeps um, a very simple list of things written down on a cupboard. So when people come maybe a little early and they say, can I help? That can kind of throw a hostess off because they're trying to finish things. But if you have this little list, she says, it just is so easy. Yes, would you put out the napkins or would you um, make sure there's water in the glasses? Whatever she puts on her list, I should have asked her. But you know what you need at the last minute. Things that don't take a lot of explanation and take you away from your task at hand. As much as I want to be all things to all people, I'm wise to know my limits and you are too and when necessary to let others know. 
one Thanksgiving morning after serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner to extended family members for the three days before the big feast day, one dear brother inquired, Sue, aren't you coming on the family hike up Madonna Mountain while the turkey is in the oven? I was sitting down, I remember, while answering him. I replied cheerfully, no thanks. I need to sit down a little longer. I don't need to hike. Have fun. I may have said something under my breath like, and take your time while you're at it. I could use a little peace and quiet. Thank you very much. I have been known to leave the house an hour before the Christmas Eve service just to walk up and down the quiet aisles of a department store all by myself on the pretense that I needed just one more gift for under the tree. I arrived home with a few little extra packages and a relaxed smile on my face, ready to worship the Christ child and geared up to host the 30 guests for our annual soup and bread potluck on Christmas Eve. I can handle noise and commotion, maybe more than others, but there are limits. Figure out your limits and plan accordingly. Take power naps. They are a thing and they work. Jesus took them in a boat, in a storm, Matthew 8, 24. And he even took time to be alone, maybe not in the aisles of the Ross department store. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus knew he needed time alone with his father, and I know I do as well especially while hosting a houseful of relatives. A practical way to create gracious boundaries is to limit the number of traditions. List all the things that you and Uncle Earl and your 10-year-old expects from your time together. Take a poll and then choose the top three. Most misunderstandings can be avoided when expectations are made clear as to how things may not be exactly as they were in 2008, but still thoroughly amazing. I might add here one of my favorite made-up quotes. I'm repeating it. Flexibility is next to godliness, not cleanliness. Flexibility is the grace that glues the family together. When faced with unforeseen last-minute changes, where you, the host, needs to be the most flexible and without grousing about it. One year we had started a house remodel. Thanksgiving was upon us and so was my family, an extra 10 people for a whole week because they were helping us with the remodel. Now these are my favorite people, mind you, but 10 was a lot to house and feed. I couldn't imagine preparing the same kind of food and festivities come feast day, Thanksgiving day. And then my friend Kathy Keel heard about it. And she said, hey, we're going to Alaska for the holidays. Does your family want to use our house for extra sleeping and cooking? Oh my goodness, that was such a generous offer. We actually made our turkey dinner in an unfamiliar kitchen and we sat around a different table. But what a gift we were given. We were happy to be together and our expectations were more than fulfilled and we needed to be flexible to be godly. Next, make preparations. My favorite tip for doing hospitality is, if you can do something in advance, do it. I have made breakfast bakes, which are like egg casseroles, other casseroles, 
cookies and cakes and stored them in the freezer days in advance. Now, the problem I have is sometimes I forget uh, what's in my freezer. So make a list, don't forget, and then uh, and then uh, you know you don't have to make it a second time because you think, oh, I don't think I really made that. And then you did. Life is easier if, uh, if my to-do list is shortened by half on the same day that Uncle Tom, Dick, and Harry arrive at the door needing coffee and a muffin. No worries, you say, I've got some right here. Sit down and tell me how you've been doing. And you can sit down too, because the muffins are already made. Then do what hosting is mostly all about, helping people feel loved, welcomed, and accepted, and also listened to. Part of preparation is thinking ahead. Do I need more freezer space? My neighbor offered hers. Should I order pies? And how late is Costco open? I can avoid mishaps by answering these questions and assigning tasks clearly and graciously. As brilliant as my husband is, and he is so brilliant, I forget that he can't read my mind and that even though I thought he understood that he needed to pick up eight extra chairs from the newbies before dinner, I may not have expressed the urgency of the matter nor the timeliness. If Aunt Bessie is coming and you haven't seen her for ages, give her a call or send her an email. Find out if she needs special sleeping arrangements. Would she prefer to book a motel? If so, send along a list of moderately priced ones with phone numbers. Make it clear if you will cover the cost or not. Beth said with a pleasant offer, we can make hotel arrangements if you prefer and if your budget allows. But if not, we are happy to reserve our guest room for you. Be prepared is a great scout motto, but we can't anticipate everything. So I do what I can do in advance and roll with the reality as each day unfolds. To smile at the future and to offer grace to myself and others in the present is what I aspire to and my family appreciates. Near disasters can turn into the stuff of family legends with hilarity later on, although you may feel like it's nearer the end of the world. My friend Lori Potratz forgot to defrost her turkey one year, and she still laughs about how her husband cranked the oven up to 500 degrees and almost burned down the kitchen. Do what you can do to be ready and add keep sense of humor to your daily list. In fact, you might even need to write that on the list. The most important part of preparations is preparing my heart. On one Thanksgiving morning, I picked up a devotional by Joyce Meyer, and I read the, these words, God's attention is on us, but we must keep our attention on him to invite him to be involved in everything we do, and then remember to praise him for his goodness. I thought about it right then. That's three things that we do. We focus our attention on him. We invite him in all we do, and then we praise him for his goodness. As I read that, I realized that in a matter of hours, 22 people would be wanting dinner. So I spent just a few quiet moments inviting God into my kitchen, and not only into my kitchen, but on the path up Madonna Mountain, where we take our traditional Thanksgiving Day hike. Well, some of us do. 
and into the front room where all the kids would be eating and playing games and wherever else I might end up that day. I made a list and I started inviting the God of the universe into each corner of my day. Now, would the Lord have been present in all those places if I had not asked him to be? Well, yes, he would have been because it's part of his nature to be omnipresent everywhere at the same time. But this is the point. I invited him in so that I could commune and depend on him throughout every moment and unexpected development. I just wanted to be with him and I wanted his help. And I have to say that that was the best turkey I have ever roasted. And the stuffing was perfect, not too dry and not too soggy. With a little help from my fabulous Pampered Chef roasting pan and the poultry season, seasoning from Spice Hunters, which that year was 30% off at World Market. I highly, highly recommend both. God is concerned with what concerns you. He is in the details and he will help us all along the way. Let me repeat what I read in Joyce Meyer's devotional that morning. God's attention is on us, but we must keep our attention on him to invite God to be involved in everything we do and then remember to praise him for his goodness. Boy, I was praising him for his goodness and for that great turkey and stuffing that, that year. Next tip, make it fun. Speaking of humor, make your family gathering fun. Life is too serious in general, and God created families to enjoy one another. That's really true. One way to create happy memories is to design a theme like the Cameron's Campout, or when all the kids under 12 will be sleeping on the floor of the loft. Grandma's Treasures was a theme one year. My mom put auction items out for kids to bid on with Pennies, they were all around the two ping pong tables in her patio, and she provided the pennies. My cousins and I looked forward to the annual giant game of tag called Three Back every Thanksgiving that had us running around our grandparents' neighborhood for hours on end. Now when I have an oversized crowd, everyone forms teams to do our annual pilgrim scavenger hunt after Thanksgiving dinner and before dessert picking up Plymouth rocks and singing Thanksgiving carols at the door of our surprised neighbors. I will put that list uh, for that printable in the show notes, our annual pilgrim scavenger hunt. Now what's fun for one isn't always fun for others. Sometimes I have to drag some family members onto that uh, scavenger hunt. So include quiet games. Keep a table set up with a holiday jigsaw puzzle and a basket of simple crafts for the littles. Kids of any age can help make place cards or favors like individual Rice Krispie treats formed into bird's nests. I got that idea from my sister, Linnell. And they will hold holiday M&Ms or chocolate kisses or candy corn. Now, if weather permits, get outdoors for badminton or a walk to the park. Find out what's playing at the drive-in. Yes, we still have a drive-in in San Luis Obispo. Or add a favorite holiday movie to the after-dinner plans. People kind of want to hold still. Start a new tradition and let the kids stay up later after they help with the dishes. Maybe helping with the dishes is the new tradition. Play Boggle or Blockus or code names while digging into dessert a second time. Simple activities make the best memories. 
And other than laughing so hard that your sides ached, no one ever complained that they had too much fun. Last, make it meaningful. Meaningful. Holidays are meant to be special, and doing a few things with intention can make all of your hosting efforts more worthwhile. The key to meaningful gatherings is to talk about things that matter. Ask the matriarch or the patriarch or the family or whoever is oldest in, atten- in attendance to share a childhood holiday memory. We loved hearing about my dad finding candy on the um, fence posts out into the out in the wilderness, left by a cowboy uh, in the wilderness of Wyoming because they lived on a, on a homestead. And we loved having him tell that story because we believe we saw how happy he was with such a simple gift. Kids get a good history lesson as well as appreciation for their elders when they hear these stories. And the elders feel honored and valued. One robust conversation with someone who rarely visits can be the highlight of your holiday and theirs. During our sibling reunions, a different couple answers a set of questions at each meal. And by the end of the visit, we've laughed and cried and come away knowing how better to love and pray for one another. Since our last uh, sibling reunion last April, I told my brothers and sisters, there's five of us, that Mondays I would pray for my oldest brother, Hyatt, and his family. Tuesdays, my next brother, Steve, and his family. Wednesdays, my older sister, Linnell, and her family. Thursdays are for me. And Friday for my little sister and her family. It's just such a good way to remember what we laughed and cried about and ask for prayer. I often use conversation starters to initiate sharing in large groups. Beginning with an easy question breaks the ice, like, what was your favorite gift you received as a child? Follow with something a little deeper, like, what's the best gift you ever gave? Answers are often embellished by stories, which makes it so much fun. We connect generations with our storytelling and relationships are deepened. Last year, our middle daughter printed out two questions from my conversation uh, starters digital set for each guest, and she uh, cut them into strips, and then she stapled two together. And the folks um, just picked up uh, a set of two questions from a basket as it went around the room. And some folks had just met. We had included a server from a local restaurant. And they gamely picked the questions from a basket passed around the, cir- the circle, and we began. Now, my quiet husband had us all in stitches when he answered this question. How do you parent like you were parented? He responded, very understated and sincere as usual. Well, he said, my folks supported us at sporting events. They went to all five of our mini sporting events because there are five kids in his family too. And then he went on to say, and I went to a lot of soccer games. Our three girls went on to regale everyone with stories of their dad running up and down the fields while they were playing soccer, embarrassing us all with his enthusiasm. Now that may be hard to believe because I'm the loud one of the family, but you get Mark Donaldson on the soccer field and you just sort of want to walk away. It's that embarrassing. We are now, because of these conversation starters, we are now, the whole, the whole party has turned into retelling the stories of the storytelling, which adds layers upon layers of love and connection. It's amazing what a simple conversation starter will do 
to make a party or a gathering more meaningful. Asking questions and listening to the answers may not be what you think of when you're preparing to host family, but it can be our biggest act of love and service. Uh, right now, my conversation starter deck, I think it has a $5 off coupon. Go to the shop and find out. Uh, welcomeheart.com. More important than any tablescape or how your table looks or menu offerings is the gift of time and meaningful conversation. Whether or not snow is in the forecast, depending on where you live, I can enjoy and serve my family best when I remember that God is by my side throughout the planning, throughout the welcoming, throughout the cleaning up and the putting away. God will provide what I need and what you need for us to share our homes and our tables with others, even family, with joy and gratitude. I'll close with this scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, in the New Living Translation. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I just love that little reference to leftovers. Don't you? Have a wonderful holiday time. Let me know if you've tried one of these tips and look at my shop for the holiday planner as well as conversation um, starters. You will not regret it. Have a wonderful holiday time with your family. Until next time, think about your legacy the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.